some of you will remember back. You know, you have to be my age and older probably to remember this, but you remember back years ago on TV at a, at, as the news was coming on the evening, they would say, it's 11 o'clock. Do you know where your children are? That was sort of a, a well-known public service ad that was aired back in the 60s. Uh, it started actually with a television station in Buffalo, New York, but it spread pretty much across the country. There was a lot of civil unrest in the, in the 1960s, and it was thought that children in particular were in jeopardy. And so, uh, in the evening, usually at the 11 o'clock hour, at least on the East Coast, in the Eastern time zone, they would say, it's 11 o'clock. Do you know where your children are? And the idea is you need to be aware. You parents need to be aware where your children are because there are dangers out there and you need to be watching out for them. Well, that ad, of course, is long gone because I saw some of you, even some of you who are older, kind of shaking their head like, I don't remember that. Uh, that ad is long gone. But I want to tell you, the dangers are still there. The dangers are perhaps greater than ever. And so it's still a worthy question to ask. It's 11 o'clock. Do you know where your children are? We want to talk about that this morning, but we want to put a spiritual, as you might imagine, we want to take a spiritual twist on that concept and talk about where our children are in matters especially pertaining to their relationship with God. Thanks for being here this morning. We have a beautiful Lord's Day in Middle Tennessee, and we're very blessed to be able to be together uh, to worship our God, hopefully to bring honor and glory to Him. That's our objective. But it's also great to be able to be together with loved ones in Christ and to serve as an encouragement to each other. And we're glad that you're here to be a part of that. And we are grateful for our visitors. We want you to know that. Please come whenever you can. We're glad to be together today and we're glad that you're here to be a part of it. Let's talk about this question. It's 11 o'clock. Do you know where your children are? Actually, it is almost 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. Uh, this ad that we were referencing was talking about 11 o'clock at night, but it's 11 o'clock in the morning on Sunday morning. Do you know where your children are? The first thing that we might emphasize is not necessarily spiritual things, but physical things. And if you were to be asked as parents this morning, do you know where your children are? Hopefully they are right here, and that's a good thing. You know, if you parents have your children in worship services on Sunday morning, you are actually in a distinct minority in this day and time. That to be a family together, worshiping God, to have your children in the, in the worship assemblies uh, is not common, unfortunately, anymore in our day and time. So if someone were to ask, where are your children at 11 o'clock here on Sunday morning? And, you, and if you can say, they're right here. They're right here in the midst of us. They're here for, for worship That'd be a commendable thing. But we might expound upon that a little bit, just to think about the safety and physical well-being of our children. Obviously, that's very important. We're sad to say that there are some parents in this world who don't take into consideration the, even the physical well-being and safety of their children. There are children who are neglected. There are children who are abused. And that's really a sad thing. We know that the Lord has charged parents with the obligation of providing for the necessities of their children. First Timothy 5, verse 8, If any provide not for his own, especially for those of his own house, he had denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. That's a very serious thing, of course. Now, for us, we're glad to say that this is not typically an issue. 
All of us here, I think without exception, we can say clearly, we all here want our children to be safe. We want them to be doing well physically. We provide for their health. Uh, if they get sick, we take them to the doctor. We try to provide them with a, a good, sound diet. We try to provide the things they need physically. When it comes to their well-being, we're certainly interested in them getting a good education. We, we send them to school. Increasingly, more and more of you all with young children are, are engaged in homeschooling, and that's even a, an extra degree of effort to make sure that those kinds of things, those needs are met. That's all good. It's a huge job. We understand that. It's an expensive job. It's a time-consuming job. And so, for all of you parents who are addressing the physical needs of your children, their safety, their well-being, we would just say keep that up. We, we admire you for the work that you're doing in those realms. They are important, absolutely so. Before we pass from this question, do you know where your children are physically? Let me ask you, Right now, are you aware of your children at this very moment as we're sitting here in this assembly? Do you know where your children are? And do you know what they're about? And the reason why I'm asking that is because it's been brought to my attention that there may in fact be some issues along those lines right here at College View. Uh, others have reported to me, although I'm not typically in a place to be able to see these things myself, others have reported to me that there are some uh, of our young people who do not pay attention during the worship assembly. Uh, that they maybe are doodling on their notepads and scribbling notes and drawing pictures and not listening to the lesson, not participating in regards to paying attention to the things that are being done. Um, some, I am told, don't sing. At least at times, they do not engage in the singing of songs when we're worshiping God together in songs. Parents, are you aware of that? It's, it's reported to me that that's the case. Where are your children? Are you aware of that? Uh, surely you have not missed the fact that sometimes there's almost a regular parade of young people leaving the assembly going back to the bathrooms. Are you aware of that? Are you watching your kids? to see if your kids may be uh, some of those who are doing that. Obviously, we understand sometimes people might have to go to the bathroom. But if it's every time and more than once and for long periods of time in each assembly, parents, are you watching? Where are your kids? Where are they right now? And then I've got to talk about this business of cell phones. It's been reported to me. Again, I'm not in a position to be able to see that from up here. I've told you before, I don't often focus on specific people and specific faces and specific things that are going on I, because I'm trying to concentrate on what I'm doing here. I'm not able to see detailed things that are going on in the assembly while I'm up here speaking, but it's been reported to me that some of our young people are playing on their cell phones during the worship service. They're not paying attention. Now, we understand that some use their cell phones to look up scriptures, and that's okay. But if it's a distraction and your kids are not, and I'm not, and I've been told that there are young people here who are not looking up scriptures, they're looking up other things, they're surfing the internet while the assembly's going on. Parents, where are your kids? Where are your kids right now? What are they doing right now? I would argue that if you're going to let your kids have a cell phone to access the scriptures, you need to be regulating that in this assembly. You, and if they're going to do that, maybe they need to sit with you if they're going to do that. If they're going to use their cell phones while we're here, maybe they need to be right beside you so you can make sure that they're using it for an appropriate thing and not an inappropriate thing. Where are your kids? That's what I'm asking. It's 11 o'clock. It's Sunday morning. We're worshiping God. 
Where are your kids? What are they doing? Now, again, I want to suggest to you that's a, a, a matter of parental emphasis that needs to be taken seriously. Just in the physical matter, where are your kids and what are they doing right now? You need to be paying attention to that. You need to watch. You need to be aware. So I hope that those admonitions will be taken to heart by those of you who have young people here. We love you. We love your kids. We, we appreciate the work you do and understand the challenges you face. But don't let these things slip through the cracks. Pay attention to what's going on with your kids. How are they doing physically? Obviously, this has implications spiritually. Where are your children spiritually? That's what we really want to emphasize. That ought to be the area of greatest concern for us all. It certainly should be. You understand that this is a an assignment from God. As parents, you are assigned by God to be bringing up your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You know that verse from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. You fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. This is your most important assignment. It is your duty. It is your obligation. It is your challenge. What other words can we use? It's your chore. You have got to be doing this. God has placed these children in your care, and it's your responsibility. Now, others can help. And, and uh, hopefully all of us uh, are trying to do what we can to assist you all as parents in training your children in the ways of God. Uh, I think there are a lot of things in place that serve as an assist or a help in that. But when you boil it all down, it's your job. I remember years ago in another place, there was a father whose son was showing complete disinterest in spiritual matters altogether. And the fella had the audacity to say, boy, the elders need to get busy because they're going to lose, and he named his son, they're going to lose him if they don't do something. Well, it's not the elder's job to raise that child in the nurture and admonition. Lord, now the elders can help. Other members of the church can help. Hopefully we are helping. But it's your job. And you can't pass that off. You have that assignment to bring up your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And, of course, we understand the matter of accountability. Since God has charged you with that duty, then He's going to hold you accountable as whether you've done it or not. Remember the famous statement made about Eli in 1 Samuel chapter 3? Eli was a man of God, but he'd done a miserable job as a parent. His sons were wicked men. And in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 12, Beginning, it says, In that day I will perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin, I will also make an end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth, because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. You see there, God was saying, Eli is accountable. And I'm going to judge him for that, because he didn't do his job as a parent. Now let me ask you a question. Why would it be any different for us? If God spoke those hard words in regards to Eli, why would he expect any less of us? Why would he hold us any less responsible if we have not done our job as parents to the best of our ability? And so, understand, you have a job to do spiritually in bringing up your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You've got to do your job. You've got to do it to the best of your ability. I understand the Lord is holding you accountable as to whether you've done what you can or not. Now, I want, having said that, I want, to, I want us all to understand that children grow up to, to make their own decisions ultimately. And so when a, when a child becomes 
uh, an adult makes their own choices, uh, they'll be accountable for their choices. But we'll be accountable for the time when we had to influence them toward God and bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. There is an accountability there that cannot be denied. When we think about their spiritual location, it's 11 o'clock. Where are your children spiritually? What is their level of knowledge of God's Word? You know, we are concerned, as we mentioned earlier, about them getting their book learning, so to speak, their their school education. And parents typically are pretty concerned about that and diligent in pursuing that, make sure their kids are getting their education that they need. That's good. Unfortunately, when it comes to their spiritual education, maybe not so much. And that's bad. There's evidence that some, even here, are not as careful about the spiritual education of their children as they ought to be. And we, and our measure of that can only be done in regards to the things that happen in the Bible classes. But one of the perpetual complaints of teachers is that kids come to the Bible classes unprepared. They haven't studied their lessons. They haven't done their assignments. They just show up, but they, they have, they've taken no preparation in the coming uh, to Bible class. Whose fault is that? Well, obviously the kids themselves bear some manner of responsibility, but parents, you parents, where are your kids? Why aren't you working with them to see to it that they have in fact done their lessons, that they are prepared so that they can get the most out of these times of Bible study that are provided here at the building? Obviously this should not be the only study they do. There needs to be Bible study in the home more than that for sure. But when when you see so often that the kids leave their Bibles and their Bible class books and their Bible class materials in the pew. And it happens always, again and again and again. You know, certainly kids are going to be forgetful. They're going to leave their books behind sometimes. That's kids. Kids are forgetful in that way. But when it's always so, then certainly we're not expecting those kids to have their lesson when they come back to the next class. They didn't even take their Bible or their book home with them. Parents, where are you in that? Where are your kids in regards to those things? Uh, if you're not helping them even review their lessons that they study a couple times a week during Bible class, what other things are you doing to teach them so that their level of knowledge is as it ought to be? In the text that was read to us earlier by Timothy from Deuteronomy 6, famous words of Moses, some of his parting words to the children of Israel, Speaking of the law that God had delivered to him, I think the principle is certainly applicable to us. He says, These words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and thou shalt speak of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou liest, and when thou walkest down, when thou liest down, when thou risest up. The Lord expected, through Moses, expected that the people would train their children, that would be speaking about important godly things on a regular, consistent basis, what about that? Do you do so? You know, one of the things that parents have been encouraged to do is do Bible drills with their young people. They, there is a, even a supplied list of drills that you can do to help your children learn basic Bible information. Are you using that sort of resource? What is the basic level of knowledge that your children have concerning God's Word? Where are they in that? Do you measure it? Do you try to pay attention are they developing their Bible knowledge? In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, Paul told Timothy, Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, 
And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Here's Timothy. And Timothy was under the tutelage of the impressive Apostle Paul. I mean, can you imagine sitting at the feet of a more wonderful teacher than Paul? But notice what Paul said about Timothy. What, was the, what, what had been the prime influence in Timothy's life? Things he'd been taught from a child. Things he'd been taught by his mother and his grandmother, right? And so, again, parents, think about the level of knowledge of your children. Where are they? If you don't know, if you don't have a good handle on that, then some things need to be changed at your house. Where are your children in regards to their knowledge of God's Word? Where are your children in regards to the development of a humble, submissive spirit and a respect for authority? You know, I don't, I don't think that you'd have to stretch your imagination very much to, in your mind, picture sort of the classic, angry, rebellious teenager. You can picture that, can't you? I mean, that's sort of a classic picture of the, of the rebellious teenager who's just got a scowl on his face all day. He's mad. Well, uh, every generation has those, of course. This one does too. This generation has those kinds of angry teenagers, rebellious in nature. It's your job as parents to correct, to guide, to instruct, to discipline, to get past that phase of life without disaster. You need to be teaching your children to be humble and submissive and to have a deep respect for authority. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves to the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, but give, giveth grace to the humble. Submiss- submissiveness is just essential in so many ways, but it's absolutely essential to spiritual success. You cannot be spiritually successful in serving God without a submissive spirit, without a humility. Um, and I really think that that's an ongoing challenge to teach that to our young people. Teach them to be humble and submissive and to respect authority. You want to know how serious it is? Now, this is not a new problem, by the way. The idea that you'd have to really work with kids to teach them to be submissive and humble and obedient, respect authority, that's not a new thing. In fact, go back to the law of Moses again. You want to know how serious it could be? In Deuteronomy chapter 21, beginning verse 18, if a man have a stubborn and rebellious son, which will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and that when they have chastened him will not hearken unto them, then shall his father and his mother lay hold on him and bring him out to the elders of his city and unto the gate of his place, and they shall say to the elders of his city, This our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. And all the men of his city shall stone him with stones that he die, so that you shall put away evil from among you, and all Israel shall hear and fear. Again, I point out the idea of having rebellious children is not a new problem. Moses was addressing that here. But do you see how seriously God takes that? We can't allow our children to have that kind of a disposition. We've got to teach them to be humble, submissive, and obedient, and to respect authority, or to respect the authority of parents, to respect authority in the church, to respect authority in the community and in the government, and to respect authority in their workplace, Submissiveness, humility, and uh, uh, respect for authority, all those things are necessary. Now, uh, the point of it in bringing that all out right now is to ask you parents, how are you doing on that? Where are your children in the development of these necessary character traits? You need to know, and you need to really have a good grasp of how they're developing those things. It may be that you need to change some things 
If it's not coming along the way you think that it should, you need to measure that. Where are your children right now, at this very moment in time, where are your children in regards to developing a servant's heart? You know, we live in a prosperous time, probably the most prosperous time in all of history. We, we on average, have it better than anybody has had it ever before us. Now, that's, that's a blessing and we should be grateful, but it's also a challenge because I think especially for parents with kids, the, uh, what's the word that we always use? The kids get spoiled. We have, we have money, we have availability, uh, we have opportunity, and so we provide things for our kids and, and maybe sometimes everything is given to them and they begin to expect it. And now they've developed an attitude of, what are you doing for me rather than what can I do for you? And so, one of the, I think one of the challenges in this prosperous age for parents is teach your children to have a servant's heart. To want not to be served, but to serve others. Now, that, that, that's a real, I think, difficult thing. And I think it's going to, if you're not working at that, it won't happen. If you don't realize the need for that, and if you're not putting an emphasis on that, then it may never develop. What about your children developing a servant's heart? Where are they in regards to that? Of course, we have the ultimate example of Jesus himself in John chapter 13, beginning verse 12. After Jesus had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said to them, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say to you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. Jesus taught us all to have a servant's heart. We need to be instilling that in our young people. How are you doing, parents? Where are they right now? Where are your children in regards to the company that they keep? You know, where are they right now? What kind of company? What are, their, what are their friends? Who are their peers? What kind of people are they? What kind of people do they associate with? This is always a concern and I think it's a growing concern, an increasing concern in our day and time because so many of the young people who are in the world that our children might be associating with just are not being taught any spiritual priorities at all. Uh, they're not being t taught basic right and wrong. And they're being exposed to all kinds of evil and immorality. And therefore, parents, you need to be very careful. Be aware. And even, I would use the strong word, restrict their time with kids who don't share the same spiritual values that they do. I, I'm not saying we become uh, hermits and recluses and withdraw ourselves completely from the world. That's not what I'm saying, and you know that. What I am saying, though, is you've got to be careful if you're letting your kids just be with kids of this world in an unlimited fashion because there is a danger that those kinds of influences will, will do them much harm. We know the power of peer influence. And so parents, where are your kids in relationship to the company that they keep? Again, this is not a new problem. Way back in the Proverbs, Proverbs 1, verse 10, my son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. The, the, the father image in that passage was aware that, that evil influences of others, the peers of this young man, his son, could draw him away. He said, my son, walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path for their feet run to evil. There's always this danger that evil peers could cause our children to go the wrong direction. You know the most familiar verse along these lines, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 
33, 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. That's always been true. It continues to be true. Parents, where are your kids right now in regards to the company that they keep? And finally, let me ask, although I think you could expand this list, I'll ask one more question because my whole idea here is, parents, you need to know. You need to know where your children are. You need to know what's going on with them. You need to know physically, but especially spiritually, you need to know where are they. You understand what I mean by asking that question. Where are they in regards to conduct and matters of morality? It's no news to you. I wouldn't, it wouldn't be a news headline to say we live in a very immoral age. And the immorality of our age is having devastating effects on all age groups of people. And certainly on our young people. Watch for them. Parents, watch for them. Watch for these evil influences, especially as they grow older and adolescence and teenage years. Be very careful. Pay attention. Talk to them. Be aware. Know what's going on with them in matters of morality. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, so plainly stated, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You've got to be pure of heart to see God. But of course, the influences of our age are to corrupt the mind so that we're not pure of heart. And there's all kinds of evil things that kids have access to on TV and by way of the Internet. And if you're not monitoring that, and if you're not trying to help them in regards to those things, if you're not paying attention, that's what I'm really afraid of. If you're not paying attention, they're going to look at the wrong stuff. And their minds are going to be corrupted. And they're not going to be pure of heart. Where are your kids? What are they doing on the Internet? Are you monitoring that at all? What are they watching on TV? Are you paying attention to that at all? If you're not, I'm, I'm, I'm not a prophet, nor the son of a prophet, but I can tell you what's happening and what's going to continue to happen. If you're not paying attention, they're looking at bad stuff. That's a given. It can't be argued. Where are you, parents, and where are your children? Are you paying attention in matters of morality? Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 14. God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or evil. There's no secrets from God. Young people, you should be aware of this. You know, you, you young people, you might be able to hide some of the stuff that you're looking at, some of the things that you're involved in. You might be able to hide that from your parents. You shouldn't. If your parents are doing their job, they're going to find that out. And I hope they, they know already, but if they don't, I hope they'll find out. If you're doing stuff you shouldn't do and looking at stuff you shouldn't look at, but all of you are old enough to know this principle, that there is no secret thing from God. You might hide that from your parents, but you're not hiding that from God. And so be aware of that. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 3, this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. Young people love God. Parents love God. Uh, obey God. It's not burdensome to obey the commands of God. The commands of God are there for our good. And so in matters of morality, we just ask parents, are you aware of where your children are and what they're doing in matters of morality? Where are your kids? Now, it's now past 11 o'clock, but you get the idea that we're asking. We're, we're sort of making a play on that old public service ad campaign of 50 years ago. Where are your children? You need to know, parents, you need to know where they are. Certainly physically you need to know where they are, but even more so spiritually, you need to know how they are developing, how they're growing, or if there is some problem that needs to be addressed, something that needs to be changed. Where are your kids? Thanks for listening. We appreciate your good attention to what we've had to say. We're going to sing a song of invitation. We always do as we end a lesson.
The idea of that is to motivate people to make their lives right with God. Our lesson this morning is not taught the plan of salvation or what one must do to be saved, but you may already know those simple steps of the plan of salvation. Hear, believe, repent, confess, be baptized. If you're ready to obey today, we're ready to assist you. We'd love to do so. We'd be glad to study more with you if you need that. Let us know how we can help. If you're a Christian and you need the prayers of the saints, if you've fallen away, uh, come back in repentance, confession, and prayer. If you just need the prayers of the saints for strength and encouragement, if we can assist you in any way, let us know while we stand and sing this song.